You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Welcome to our first Course Report monthly Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz Eggleston. And I'm Imogen Crisp. And each month we're going to look at all the happenings from the Coding Bootcamp world. From acquisitions to new bootcamps to collaborations with universities and also any research published around the industry. And hopefully a few jokes thrown in somewhere. Right, we want this to be fun. So let's start by talking about acquisitions in the Coding Bootcamp space. Right, so this month we saw two big cash acquisitions, and EdSurge covered both of those. Capella Education bought Utah-based Dev Mountain for up to $20 million, and also bought Hackbright Academy, a Python bootcamp for women, for $18 million in late April. And this has been happening for a while. So the first bootcamp to be acquired was Dev Bootcamp, which was bought by Kaplan Test Prep Division in 2014. Because this is a pretty big trend, we actually put together a blog post last week, which we'll keep updated. And that has a timeline with details of every acquisition. And I think now there are about nine that have been snapped up, right? Although most Mm -hmm. of them haven't disclosed the selling price. Right, seeing that 18, $20 million number is definitely exciting and and pretty interesting. And we've also seen some articles about why this is happening. So on May 5th, Caitlin Emma wrote in Politico about these acquisitions, and she included an interesting perspective from Noah Black, who's a spokesperson for the Association of Private Sector Colleges and Universities. Right, so Noah Black told Politico, quote, The coding academies are a natural extension of where our institutions and sector have always been. It's only natural that as schools look to diversify, they'd look to coding academies to expand their offerings, as well as putting capital investments behind something both employers and employees want. It's so interesting to hear from the for-profit university side of things. I was actually interested in hearing more about how they're thinking about boot camps. So I listened to the Strayer Education Q1 2016 earnings call this month. It is a little bit dry. I don't know if I can recommend it to all of our listeners, but (laughs) I learned a lot about how a huge education company like Strayer is thinking about the future of New York Code and Design Academy, who they acquired earlier this year. And that all does make total sense, since these for-profit universities may be starting to see coding boot camps as a form of competition. Yeah, and at the same time, Emma points out that for for for-profit universities like Capella and Strayer, acquiring boot camps is, quote, a way to add new students in a time of flatlining enrollment and growing pressure from federal regulators. So lots of interesting acquisition news there. Imogen, everyone wants to know about hiring and employment after a boot camp. So what have we seen this published this month in that realm? Well, Liz, there are actually two interesting articles, one from a recruiter's perspective and another from an employer. We really like seeing this in the news because in the past, employers may have been a little skeptical about whether to hire boot camp grads who don't have CS degrees. But now the word is getting out that these boot camp grads do actually know their stuff. 
Yeah, totally. So this recruitment company, Triple Byte, recently released an interesting report that confirmed what we probably already knew, you and me, Imogen, that bootcamp grads just have different strengths compared to CS grads. Right, and the full report for that is on Triple Byte's blog, and Fortune also covered that story, actually. So Triple Byte went through and blind interviewed 100 bootcamp grads and found that they are actually better than college grads at web programming and writing clean modular code. And they also found that college grads are better at algorithms and understanding how computers work compared with bootcamp grads. So if you read that full report, overall, Triple Byte does say that they had roughly equivalent success rates in placing people in jobs from both groups. So that's really good to hear. And this also makes sense because we know that coding boot camps are usually focusing more on practical skills rather than those theoretical skills. And those practical skills are also what CS programs often lack. And I actually do remember that company, Triple Byte, from that Business Insider article mm -hmm. recently. Um, they were the recruitment agency that helped an App Academy grad get a $250,000 salary job at Airbnb. He managed to negotiate his way all sorts of offers from Yelp and Google and Gusto before eventually accepting that Airbnb role. And he was actually an English major, right, Imogen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So no CS degree needed there, but I think that the debate between a CS degree and a coding bootcamp education will probably continue on for some time. So if you want to learn more about this, we actually invited a panel of bootcamp founders to discuss this in our webinar, which we creatively named CS Degrees versus Coding Bootcamps. That was back in February. And you can find that on our YouTube channel, along with a lot of other webinars. Just search Course Report on YouTube. Right, so that's from a recruiter's perspective. But I also like this article on CIO Insight this month from an employer's perspective of successfully hiring bootcamp grads. Tim Cannon, who's Vice President of Product Management and Marketing at HealthITJobs.com, gave some great advice for anyone thinking about hiring bootcamp grads. Right, Tim told CIO Insight that employers should do four things when they're thinking about hiring from a boot camp. First, they should research the boot camps to understand which ones teach the technologies your company uses. Second, you should hire boot campers in groups because grads are actually used to working together. That makes sense, they're always pair programming. Third, look out for useful and interesting non-technical skills or backgrounds. And fourth, give them a trial run to actually test their skills. I think that's really awesome advice for future employers, anyone who's thinking about hiring from a boot camp but doesn't know how to start and navigate the space. Right, and we also do actually have some great articles about this topic on Course Report. We recently interviewed a recruiter from Capital One Labs about hiring data science graduates from Metis in New York, and that's on the blog right now. Yeah, that Capital One Labs recruiter, Brendan, was amazing and has so much cool advice for future employers who are thinking about hiring data scientists from a boot camp, which is amazing. So next up is outcomes. It's very clear that employers are hiring boot camp grads. We learned that from the last couple of articles. But how do students navigate the differences, the different ways that boot camps are actually reporting those job placement rates? This is a huge topic of discussion. It'll probably be in, in on our minds for the you know foreseeable future. Everyone from schools to students are looking for clear, standardized reporting. Right, and in May, both General Assembly and Reactor Core, which operates Hack Reactor Bootcamp in San Francisco, they both published frameworks for reporting job placement outcomes. 
GAs is called measuring what matters and reactor cores is called standard student outcomes methodology or SSOM. We're still working on a deep dive into those different methods, but for now, we definitely encourage you, especially if you work for a boot camp or you founded a school, to read those really carefully and see if you could potentially use either to report your outcomes. And I do just want to point out that several schools have already published their own outcomes. Flatiron School, Thinkful, and Startup Institute, but these are the actual methodologies behind that reporting. Yeah, that's a really good point to make, Imogen. Cool. Okay, Liz, let's get an update on Equip. Well, Imogen, I'm so glad you asked. So things have apparently been a little confusing for parties who want to take advantage of Equip. As a quick reminder, Equip is the U.S. Department of Education's pilot program to facilitate partnerships between universities and alternative education providers, aka boot camps. So this is exciting because they could potentially offer federal aid for the first time to students who attend these alternative education programs. Right, so in Equip News, there was a recent Edge Surge article where the CEO of education loan broker Skills Fund, Rick O'Donnell, actually called the Equip program, quote, well-intentioned but ill-conceived. He said that's because universities are helping young people get degrees, whereas coding boot camps are helping working adults find better jobs. So those two goals are not quite aligned. Yeah, I think, you know, totally respect that perspective. It's also important to remember that Equip has not even launched, so we're not going to make any judgments yet. The deadline for submitting a letter of intent to participate in Equip was December 15th, and I believe we're still waiting to hear which schools have been chosen to participate in the pilot. And speaking of coding boot camps in higher education, we also recommend checking out two other EdSurge articles. The first is from Marguerite McNeil about how the success of Northeastern University's data analytics bootcamp, that's called Level, that one actually prompted the school to launch more bootcamp style courses, including a marketing analytics course. That was a really interesting article, and the second Ed Surge article is by Ray Batra. It's called What Happens When Universities and Bootcamps Join Forces. Honestly, this is more of a list of those partnerships between bootcamps and universities. He talks about Galvanize U and UNH and General Assembly and Lynn University, but he also poses a critical question about these partnerships, asking, quote, can the biggest early successes, which have occurred largely among boot camps with highly selective niche audiences looking for career changes be maintained with broader, less affluent, and more diverse student populations? Which I think is a question that we're all sort of wondering. Right. And we also do have a great article on course report about all the different partnerships that exist between universities and boot camps. So you guys should definitely check that one out. So on to our next section, which is our favorite section, and is cool things that schools are doing. Yay. Yay. And Liz, you really are too cool for school. <laughs> You're too cool for school. <laughs> so in Xconomy, we read this month that Flatiron School in New York announced an initiative to help immigrants learn to code and get jobs in web development. It's a free fellowship program. It runs for five months for 36 students who are low-income legal immigrants. Right. And then Tech Cocktail and Chicagoist 
both covered a really interesting announcement from Lesbians Who Tech and Dev Bootcamp, and they are partnering to fundraise for and award $200,000 of coding bootcamp scholarships to LGBTQ women. So this is really exciting because successful applicants for this scholarship can choose exact, exactly which bootcamp to attend and they will get at least 50% off their tuition. And talking about getting more women into coding, Bloomberg wrote about a five-month coding bootcamp in Peru, Chile, and Mexico, which is helping women get stable, well-paying jobs in Latin America. That bootcamp is called Laboratoria. Thank you, College Spanish. They graduated 150 coders last year, and they hope to graduate 300 this year. Yeah, and, and that one's actually really cool because it has a deferred payment system where students pay Laboratoria a fee of 10% of their monthly salary for three years after they graduate. And I've read that Latin America and the Caribbean will apparently need 1.2 million software developers over the next 10 years. So this is a really great initiative to get women into those jobs. And in another win for women, director of Interface Web School in Omaha, Nebraska, Shauna Dorsey, was awarded the National Women in Tech Award by Information Week this month. So congratulations, Shauna. Yay! <laughs> and now we're going to look at some jobs. So for any of you who are actually looking for a job at a coding bootcamp, there are several bootcamps which are hiring, and we'll include links to these job postings when we publish this podcast on our blog. First up, Dev Mountain in Provo is hiring for guest teachers via the Muse. They have a shiny new Muse page. And then Mobile Makers in Chicago is hiring for a lead computer science and math instructor. And finally, Thinkful, which is an online boot camp, is also hiring mentors. They can work from anywhere. They can set their own time schedule, which is pretty cool. Imogen, how many new coding boot camps did we add to the course report directory in May? So many, and they're all over the place as well. So there was Inceptures, which is in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. There was Code Career Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. There was Barcelona Code School in Barcelona, Spain. There was Digital Unicorn in London, England, and then Develop Me in Bristol, England. Well, you're right, that is a lot, and they are definitely all over the place. So, very cool to see more international boot camps popping up. And welcome to Course Report. So, additionally, there were two schools that announced some noteworthy expansions. Treehouse has been around for a while, you've probably heard of them, maybe you've used them. Those are those online, self-guided courses. But this month, they announced a new online coding course where people can actually learn all the skills they need to get an entry-level coding job. Right, so that course takes 6 to 12 months, and each student gets one-on-one -on -one video mentorship. So it's starting to look a bit more like an online coding boot camp, like Thinkful or Block. Right, that one-on-one -on -one mentorship is what really sets those apart from your Code Academy and, and some of those traditional like think, uh, treehouse classes. So that's pretty cool. Another noteworthy expansion that really dominated bootcamp news in May was the launch of French Free Coding School 42 in Silicon Valley. So that school actually launched in Paris in 2013 and it was funded by telecom billionaire Xavier Neal. And the school is actually completely free. There's no catches and 
the Silicon Valley campus will have the same rigorous selection process as the French version. So candidates will start off by doing an online challenge and then anyone who gets through that level will get to go to a four-week immersive program known as La Piscine, the swimming pool, and then that program then narrows down applicants to 1,000 who are then accepted for the actual full program. And students can take between three and five years to complete the program and that's a completely project-based course which is focused on peer-to-peer -peer training rather than having teachers on site. And apparently Xavier Neal, the founder of, of 42, invested a hundred million dollars getting 42 to Silicon Valley, so good on him. Um, we watched their promotional video this week and it is literally every tech CEO plus Carly Kloss, who we can't get enough of, um, singing 42's praises. So it'll be really cool to see the jobs that those 42 grads are getting in the US in you know three to five years. Totally, yeah. And finally on our podcast, let's wrap up our new section with a couple of higher level pieces that were published in May. First of all, a student named Rex Salisbury wrote a first-person piece about his experience with immersive education. Liz, which boot camp did he actually go to? Oh, he doesn't say in the article, but obviously I googled it and he went to Dev Bootcamp. Um, I really liked that he compared the 1,000 hours of coding that he did a, at a bootcamp to the 10,000 hours that Malcolm Gladwell says you need to be an expert. Yeah, and he also says that, quote, the best boot camps provide their students with the tools to continue learning long after they've graduated. And that's something that we definitely hear at Course Report from all the alumni we interview in Alumni Spotlights. For sure. You get the first thousand hours at a boot camp and then the next 9,000, you have the tools to learn those yourself. So another bootcamp grad wrote a first-person article in Quartz this month about rebooting his career. He went to Hack Reactor two years ago, so he's had a couple years to reflect. And my favorite quote from his reflection was this. While bootcamps can be a controversial subject, self-taught coders are not. Lots of Silicon Valley startups believe that if you can teach yourself to code without the help of a university computer science program, it shows that you're motivated, resilient, curious, and resourceful. It is exactly the kind of scrappiness that companies are looking for. And that's so true. Like, if you dig into Reddit, it's full of these engineers who are bashing boot camps when they themselves are usually actually self-taught. I think being self-taught and going to a coding boot camp both show that you have initiative, curiosity, and grit. And that's actually just like you, Liz. You're a girl boss. <laughs> you are a girl boss too, Imogen. <laughs> so finally, from US News and World Report, our friend Jeff Salingo, he actually moderated a panel that we were on a couple of months ago. And he writes quite a bit about coding boot camps recently. He talks about the emergence of a new learning economy and how with coding boot camps, education is starting to shift towards just in time rather than just one time education. Pretty cool. Well, that's about it for coding bootcamp news. Phew, that was brilliant. Really it was, seriously. It was really fun reading about everything that was going on this month um, and interesting reporting back on it. Imogen, what was your favorite piece to write in May for the course report blog? I would say the affordable housing piece I wrote. It's so cool to see how many boot camps offer free or discounted housing for their students. You know, when people do a boot camp, they're not working for two or three months or having any sort of income usually, so housing expenses are a big deal. 
And then you, what about you, Liz? What was your favorite article? Yeah, I loved I loved your housing piece too. I thought it was awesome, and our readers loved it, so even Yay. better. Um, cool. I had fun making the infographic for a piece that I researched about all of the coding bootcamp acquisitions. It was really neat to see that in a timeline, and I hadn't seen that anywhere else. And especially because, as we just talked about acquisitions a ton, um, I also think acquisitions will continue to be a major trend in the months to come. Cool. Yeah, that was a great piece. Anyway, so that brings us to the end of the Course Report Monthly News Roundup. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We hope you learned something new, and we'll see you, or you will hear us, next month. Yay! Bye! Bye.